It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The reigns of Castamere is over. We are just getting started here on post-show recaps. This is the 10-year anniversary of the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. My name is Grace, but of course I'm not alone. The Starks said they would send their regards, but instead they just showed up. It's Latanya Starks. Latanya, how are you doing? <laughs> I had to come. I was invited. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was yeah. given the bread and salt, so do nothing want, bad can happen, right? Do you want to be invited to a wedding in Westeros? Uh, no, I, I just no? went to a wedding. Yeah. It was very un-Westerosi. Not a single person died. Such a shame. Such a shame. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's not really a wedding unless there's a couple deaths. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Latanya, you messaged me about this. It is, it, as we released this podcast exactly 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, the Reigns of Castamere episode, a.k.a. The Red Wedding. Big spoilers. <laughs> if you didn't know that the Reigns of Castamere episode. If you're like on season three episode, whatever, and you're like, can't wait for the Reigns of Castamere. I've gone so far without being spoiled. And then you listen to this podcast in your feed. I'm so sorry. But um, yeah, the episode, uh, season three, episode nine, the Reigns of Castamere drops on June 2nd, 2013. And we're going to chat about it. Yeah. Spoilers for a 10-year-old episode of television. Yeah. Like yeah. a whole kid of television. Yeah. A little 10-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is... Is this the... I'm going to start off with a big question, mm-hmm. which is, is this the most memorable Game of Thrones moment there, there is? Is it the biggest... Is it the... I don't want to say the watermark of the series, yeah. but is it... Is it the most reflective of what Game of Thrones is in the cultural zeitgeist? Perhaps 
post uh, the ending was bad. I feel like that's what it <laughs> that's the cultural zeitgeist of Game of Thrones now. But, but, but forget that. Is right. it just like the most Game of Thronesy moment in the show's history? I think it is. I think it's up there with Ned Stark's beheading. Yeah, because no one expected that to happen. That didn't read the books. Anyone who had watched television would think that you know the guy from the lord of the rings that everyone knows his name is not yeah. going to get killed early in this show and he immediately almost gets murdered um so that was a big watermark for the for the show but it 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 felt like the red wedding made us feel like no one was safe i Agree. I think that there's a way in which season one, episode nine, when Ned Stark gets his head chopped off, which is referenced in this episode uh, mm -hmm. from from the lovely hound. Um, I think that there's a way in which that seemed like I, I say this a lot. Uh, Josh Wiggler uses this expression and I've just like blatantly stolen it. Although every time I credit it to Josh, I guess it's not plagiarism. But Josh said, let a show tell you what it is. And the end of season one felt like you thought that it was a show about Ned Stark, but it's actually not about Ned Stark. But like, it's still all about the rest of the characters who are here. Right. And then I think season three, it's so it is deep enough into the run to feel like this is now a show about. And I think Benioff and Weiss have said this, that uh, no, no, sorry. George R. R. Martin said this, that he always knew that when he killed Ed, that that Eddard, that that Rob was also going to die because he mm -hmm. said the next thing you do is you kill the son of the guy who was avenging, trying to avenge the death of his father. So right. he knew pretty quickly that he would get there and he would write this. And I feel like, yeah, I think to that point, like the show, it felt like maybe the show is just telling us, well, it wasn't about Ned. It's actually about Rob and John and Arya and and, and everything else. Mm -hmm. And then Rob and Callan just go off the board and, yeah. and, their, and their and their baby. And also they they talk about like also just like in the midst of it, like a bunch of uh, Stark soldiers as well, right? Like just like yeah, like the whole army. Chaos. Yeah, it, like all of the people on the Stark side, with the exception of the young boys, but no one really believes they're alive. Yeah. And Arya and Sansa, yeah, are, like the Starks are gone. Yeah. Like they, their forces have been decimated. They even killed their dire wolves. Yeah, yeah, it's very sad. I don't like that. No, um, <laughs> that so was not good. Yeah, I think that it it does. It is uh, such a huge surprise, and I feel like one of the things that makes this such a cultural moment. And I'm I'd love to chat about where you were and where I were when this episode happened. But I think that the thing that happened about this show is that because it's based off a book, there are people who know this is coming. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like there is a way in which like it, it, like I know that Rob, uh, sorry, well, Richard Madden says that uh -huh. he couldn't even pick up the book without being told, "Hey, your character's gonna die." So he he knew when he like got this role, like they're like, "Yeah, your character's gonna die in season three. And he's like, "Oh, bummer," because I really feel like I'm like the hero of this uh, the yeah. show. So did um, we? So did we? And um and, and yeah, so I'm assuming if you were surprised by it, you were not a book reader. So this idea right. that the secret was kind of held. And I actually feel like there is this really epic, like YouTube reaction video. This is mm -hmm. 2013, like such a popular time for YouTube. I was watching YouTube all the time. All these like, remember all these like YouTube influencers who like, oh, they're yeah. like, like 32 and you're like, what are, what are they up to now? Cause they just they like lived on YouTube. Dollars. But the YouTube reaction stuff where 
people who read the books and knew what was coming could film their loved ones mm -hmm. reacting to the sh to the episode and knowing it would be such a, a t I don't think even people realize like how brutal the episode was going to be because there are some changes between the book and the episode and yet so but this this idea that some people knew it was coming and kind of withheld it from people who didn't know to and then get to like sort of not only let them enjoy the show mm -hmm. and this epic moment, but also like film their reaction. And this created such a like, like they say like Twitter was a buzz that night. It was wild. And then all of these slowly the trickle of like uh, compilation videos of reactions right. uh, to the moment. I feel like create this thing that we are really, I think in the last few years, like HBO is the only one that's seemingly has this, which is like creating Sunday nights moments a, a tv yes. moment singular moments that people are watching at the same time yeah the fact that i remember explicitly 10 years on where i was what i was doing how i reacted who was with me like that those are moments that i don't know are created by any other tv show um or not well any other network i guess um and i guess we have yeah. to call it max now no, it's uh, HBO. We're watching on HBO, and then and then we watch. Mama Max called later. him HBO Max. I'm gonna call right. him HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I just I had not read the books. Yeah. I still haven't read the books. Yeah. I am like making my way through the books. The one book that is uh, Fire and Blood. Fire and Blood. Yes. Uh, because I just don't know how much longer I can wait to find out what happens <laughs> with those dragons. Uh huh. Uh, but I have not read any of the Song of Ice and Fire books. Um, everything to me, typically when I find out an adaptation for TV is going to be made, I shy away from reading the books because I really don't want to be spoiled on anything. I really love experiencing things in the moment in television form because that's just television and movies are the medium that you know strikes me most. Mm -hmm. um, as is obvious by the fact that I'm doing this podcast right now. <laughs> um, but I remember uh, what, like we were, I was still, I was living with my family. My aunt was still with us. My aunt and I were the ones who were like major Game of Thrones fanatics and everyone else in our house was like, yeah, they watch that dumbass show every Sunday and they get so worked up about it. It's like a yeah. whole thing. So we ordered food every Sunday to like, you know, make it special. And I just remember screaming, like screaming at my television, no, and hearing my aunt scream at her TV. And then we both kind of rushed out to each other and we're like crying. And we're just like, what's happening? How is this allowed to happen? They killed that woman in the baby. Like, why are they like, and, and if you yeah. know anything about like feudal customs, once they exchanged the bread and salt, I was like, okay, they're fine. Because that is like a custom that is supposed to be honored. That if you welcome someone in your home and you feed them the traditional bread and salt, then you are not, they're not supposed to come to any harm under your roof. And it, the subversion of that was just wild to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a real ancient custom from like uh, the, the Middle East and, and uh, parts of Europe as well. That uh, and, and typically it doesn't always have to be bread and salt. It's sort of this idea of um, as long as you feed somebody, then then you are uh, at a truce. And George R. R. Martin has talked about what this episode is, is based on. I guess we should also say like 
in case you forgot or you're listening to this and you've never watched the red the red wedding or the reigns of castamere essentially the episode being that uh rob and catlin go to uh walder Frey. uh he goes to the twins um he previously had agreed that he would marry one of walder Frey's daughters or granddaughters to secure an alliance he breaks that deal and sort of uh gets married to uh this woman that he loves from Volantis. Talisa and so they're coming back to try and earn his favor again apologize for doing this and they offer up Edmure Tully uh Catelyn's uh uh what how are they related uh, uh cousin? cousin cousin I believe yeah um that uh that uh he will get married to a fray uh he does uh and then after the wedding uh, uh Rob and Catelyn and the and his uh, wife Talisa and the baby are all killed um and it's uh shocking and wild and and brutal but yeah he based it George R. Martin had based it on a couple of events there's one called the Black Dinner which was uh the King of Scotland was fighting mm-hmm. this clan called the Black Douglas clan and he reached out to make peace and offered them safe passage to the castle and then at the end of the feast uh started pounding a single drum this is the tale at least and yeah. brought out a covered plate revealed it it was a head of a black boar the symbol of death and then they killed them uh in the courtyard and there's also the glencoe massacre which was uh the mcdonald again in scotland clan mcdonald uh stayed with the campbell clan overnight and the laws of hospitality supposedly applied but the campbells woke up in the middle of the night and started butchering every mcdonald they could get their hands on so true historical events as is lots of game of thrones there's lots of uh stuff that that george r R. martin pulled on from from medieval history uh first thing but yeah supposedly real events that he he based the red wedding on which yeah. I feel deeply because apparently Starks is a Scottish surname. That makes sense. Yeah. Starks. Yeah. It's a bad as a bad impression, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember where I was. I do not believe I watched this live. And the other piece that is uh, I'm very unique in this is that I I did not watch or sorry, I, I knew I knew it was coming, although mm. I had not read the book. So it was a thing I no. knew was happening. I, I was trying to with you before we started the podcast, figure out when I watched started mm-hmm. watching and I must have started watching between seasons three and four. And I think that the Red Wedding was actually the thing that I heard about that made me start watching the show and i remember leaving my friends who were a very big game of thrones fan they were all like reading the books and they were watching the show and going home being like okay i'll try it and then watching all of season one in a night and coming back i'm like ned stark and they're like wait till you get to season three (laughs) um so i jumped in i remember that i moved in with these folks uh and was watching week to week for season four as we were talking about i my first big Game of Thrones moment is actually season four, episode two, which is the line in the rose, which is where Joffrey uh, is killed, which is funny because that feels like that should be huge. But it's not I guess it's not as sad. It's much more like, oh, heck, yeah. 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 We got him. Um, Then Reigns of Castamere, like losing Rob and, and Catelyn specifically, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, because of all of the the victories that Rob had amassed and him being the the young wolf, you know, the white wolf, like it it really did seem like he was the emerging star of the show. Yeah. Uh I mean, we we definitely got to spend time with other characters that we knew would be important down the line. There's like a very small Danny storyline. There's a small uh uh Jon Snow storyline but like I, I I thought that Rob Stark was the person who was going to be it like king 
fully king, not just king of the north, but king. It's a good story. The, yeah, it's a really great story. Your dad, your dad gets his head chopped off, and you avenge it, and yeah. storm you, and the north, storm winning. south. Yeah, is I, I do feel like probably I feel like the the interesting thing is like I actually feel like Richard Madden might be still one of the biggest names to come out of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's probably Pedro Pascal, which is very interesting yeah. that he does not have actually a ton. Uh, in like he has a big moment, but he's like he's makes such a, a memorable uh thing out of one season. But but is Richard Madden maybe one of the actually most successful people to like? come out of game of thrones and and like i think there's a difference between like sean bean being in game of thrones and then like right. but also he hasn't really you know whose career has been like gone upwards after game of thrones his is he's probably like in the top yeah five, i mean he's right? won a golden globe for uh i can't remember the name of the show that he did uh is the, one, is the one that he's in he's not bodyguard right the bodyguard he, or something when, he, like when it sounds like he's always saying mum, but he's actually yes, saying ma'am 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 <laughs> Mom, 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 mom. Uh, I love you, mom. I love so. you, mom. Uh, he's, yeah, he, uh, his career has really. I mean, we we've we we are going to see more Game of Thrones people popping up. He's one of the people popping up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was there, yeah. He was in Eternals, uh, yeah, a movie that was not well received. I actually really liked it, but most people don't. He's, I know. Citadel also not getting great reviews. Citadel's not big. great. But a big Amazon Prime push, so like, yeah, yeah I mean, like he's, he's getting that money, but he's doing stuff. He's yeah. doing lots of things. Um, yeah. yeah, and he, you know, he was in like the Elton John biopic. As he was well. in nineteen seventeen, I think, right? Uh, the war movie. He was. That's he how, was. Yeah, he was. Like, yeah. I feel like every actor from every British from actor was in the, was yeah yeah, yeah in nineteen seventeen. In nineteen, it was that one continuous shot they could only get everyone for one day, so they just like <laughs> got them all and they filmed it all at once. Yep. Yeah, um, uh, I'm so intrigued. Like the the making of of this, I I love this. So Richard Madden and uh, and uh, Michelle Fairley mm-hmm. who play Rob and and Catelyn Stark. Uh, I love this. Richard Madden says like, "Yeah, it was so sad. We're like a family." He's like, "I knew it was coming, but it was sad." And Michelle Fairley's first line, she says, "Yes, it was wonderfully beautiful." <laughs> Just like <laughs> the stark contrast between like someone who maybe thought this show was like their launching point of their career, which I think it still ended up being, versus yeah. Michelle Fairley, who's like, "This is actually a pretty cool way to maybe go out on a big hit show." Right? Uh, she's like, "Yeah, it was wonderfully beautiful." And I was like, just love the two. Re- He's like, "I'm so sad," and she's like. This is pretty cool. <laughs> She's been like steadily working too, though. She has been, yeah. Um, and a lot of like UK stuff. You have oh. to have like BritBox in order to see or AMC Plus. She's to in see Queen. What she's, doing. she's in Queen Charlotte, I think, right? Isn't she? She is in Queen Charlotte. Um, yeah. she's also in this show about the mafia. I can't Gangs remember. of London. Gangs of London. There you go. Yeah, yeah. She's doing stuff. She's, she's doing, doing stuff. stuff. I feel like everybody from Game of Thrones is like making their own way. But yeah. Richard Madden might be like the biggest name other than Pedro Pascal to come out of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, Benioff and Weiss talk about this and they say like, it's weird to say that this went great because there were actually a lot of people who were really mad about this. This is like, uh, there's the like shock and on. Then there's like, how dare you kill Rob Stark? Yeah. Uh, and- I think the baby too, like the sequence of events, it's really brutal. They kill the baby and the wife and the innocent wife, and then they kill the dog, and then they kill Rob, and then they and Callan does kill a fray, which is she she doesn't go down without taking out a fray. That's right. Max, what's his face? Bruce Bolton upside the face too. She does, (laughs) Uh, and then she gets her throat slit. I feel like I remember her 
getting her throat slit by n- not someone like someone important. It's just, it's just, it's just a rando. Yeah. It's just a rando. Ro- uh, uh, Rob gets killed by Ruse, uh, the Lannister yeah. send their regards in, in also one of maybe the most famous lines yes. in all of, uh, in all of game of Thrones as, as well. The thing I was going, when we were starting house of the dragon and going through the thing I like, just couldn't believe is how many, quotes there were from game of thrones that felt like they were around forever but were just from the mind of jorah r martin so like mm-hmm. you know you play the game of thrones you you either you, win or you die you win or you die chaos is a ladder like all of the stuff that just feels like these could be you know proverbs as old as time and it's like no george r martin just wrote them um there's so much good writing in game of thrones but yeah the lannisters send their regards is so fun and i and i want to yeah. talk about the actually i'll stick with benioff and weiss who say what they think worked so effectively well is you do have three seasons of content to basically build up these people as they're going to be the heroes and then you completely cut that out uh from under everybody but also it is not the moment that the way most people die on screen and even ned stark's death i think is different than this it was surprising but also yeah. there there is the like we're taking like we are bringing you up on to like we are killing you like joffrey is like i'm gonna enact the death penalty so you have this like in the way that benny often white says there's no death speech there's not that bittersweet final moment with mm-hmm. the character before it happens this happens like very late in the episode it all yes. happens like extremely extremely fast there is the awful thing of Arya being basically 50 feet away yeah. from her mother and brother and being dragged away by the hound this like just like tender and then when catelyn her throat gets like she falls it's like we see like nothing in the shot and then boom the episode ends so it is this like it's very unique way in terms of like depicting death on screen in a way that i think like what a lot of us actually love about game of thrones is that it feels more realistic than like that guy's been shot seven times. He's like, tell my son that I, I love him and I don't think poorly of him. And then, and then he like croaks and dies. This is just like, no, that person just got their throat slit and they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's, it's, you know, Rob saying mother is his last word. Yeah. Um, it, It just, this, these murders feel so much more intimate because they happen at a party, you know? Yeah, true. Uh, because when the Reigns of Castamere, the, you know, famous song starts to play, we're following Catelyn. And yeah. Catelyn knows that something is up. And so yeah. we start to realize that something is up. But, but at the same time, we're like, but there's no way with these characters that they're ever going to do anything. And they're certainly not going to kill that pregnant woman. Yeah, you think like everybody has plot armor, and they don't in Game of no, Thrones until no until armor. like seasons like six, seven, eight. Then they right. do, and then they yeah. have all of it. Um, and yeah. then there's just that blood curdling scream that Catelyn lets out when Rob does die, and you, you know, uh, Weiss and Benioff talk about this how they you would expect the camera to not linger so long on her, just like yeah. you know abjection in this moment but it does for such a long time and then finally her throat is slit and it fades to black and then there's no music over the credits well there's actually also the thing where they actually don't really linger on the the person they linger the most on is kind of talisa uh because rob is like pressing on her stomach uh, after she's been stabbed but we like rob gets shot and then he stands up and then he gets stabbed by Bruce. but we don't have like even the shot of like 
Rob on the ground of us like looking at him and and it's like confirming he's dead and Catelyn as well. And there's a big thing I want to talk about that I don't. You said you're not a book reader. I I don't know how much uh we, we want to get. I I want to get into it. I, I don't think we can. I know. Spoiling, I think but... I know what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe a continuation of a story for for Catelyn Stark, yes. which I think is really interesting. I, know, I definitely know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I I almost feel like and so like there's this stuff from Betty Off and Weiss and also George R. R. Martin where Martin says like the thing he wants most. He actually wrote all of Storm of Swords and then came back and wrote this chapter. He's passed over it and then came back. This is the last thing he wrote because he did feel like he was killing kids like his, his own kid like yeah. people he's created um but he's like also like i feel like i have to do it and and we should really care when someone dies like if you're he's, he literally says like if someone dies and you're like go get more popcorn like it's a failure on his part yeah and then betty off and weiss talk about how i do feel like even more than ned stark this is the moment where this show does not feel actually like an epic battle of evil versus good which i do think they probably stray away from by the end. I think that that's the thesis statement for most of the show that like anything can happen because it's realistic and not like a, not as much a fairy tale. If this like a, or like a heroic tale of like mm. the Starks just having success over success. Right. Um, but they talk about this being um, a real turning point in terms of like telling the audience, like the people who do good will sometimes die because they do good uh like if you try to do good in this world that actually might lead to your death and this is not like always the story of good triumphing over evil which i feel like at the end of the show with like you know we gotta defeat the we gotta come together to defeat the white walkers like it kind of is the story but like i get it's the end of the show but yeah uh just i just to this day um you know just watching it again uh, I'm like struck by how mundane the rest of the episode is. It's very mundane to what happens in the final moments of the episode. Like you really, a, a Game of Thrones kind of has a thing where they go all out for episode nines, but like we didn't realize that. I don't think at like in the middle of the watch of it no, until I this moment happened. Yeah, I think this is the moment because you have ba you have Baylor, which is when Ned gets killed. Then you have the uh, Battle of Blackwater, Blackwater Bay, which I feel like that's a huge moment. And then this, and this is where I start to feel like, yeah, you got to watch yeah, out for episode you got to watch out for episode nine. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to wait for the finale. They're going to do it in the one before. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing I wanted to say about like this idea that like um, you should care when someone dies, but I also think it's very interesting in the way that as we were talking about, they don't linger on Rob and Catelyn. Like Catelyn, Catelyn's final moment is her throat gets cut and she falls yeah. out of frame. And so we don't actually, the camera doesn't hold to Catelyn and her dying and, and blood spilling out. And I almost feel like that's also the show saying like, uh, I don't know what it's, but I, I, there's something to this, right? Of like, it's this, it is about them, but it's also not about them. Does this make like we they're actually they're gone. They're gone now. So yeah. we're not even gonna shout we're not gonna linger on them. And that's the way I feel like the way the credits roll too, of like, okay, done. And now think about it for a while is just like, oh my god, they're they're gone. I feel like they're this is a really effective way to hammer home this point that like nobody is safe in Game of Thrones and, and just of like, yeah, not not lingering on the dead bodies just be the, the one that they do is on like um gray wind right is is rob's dog who yes. uh 
who I think he, but that's he died like he died he they show him dying because he's not dead and then he dies and so Arya can see that he's dead right i just think it's really interesting that there it's it's not like okay here's the here's like the still on rob who's like now dead on the ground lying over his wife and like catlin bleeding out on the floor it's just like they move out of frame and they die they're gone that's it's that's not the story. precious the show is not precious about its deaths right uh at all right. It, right. it is very much like this is business as usual during these times like this is how decisions got made people died and it's it's very much not precious about it it's very upfront and letting you sit with the shock and trauma of it at the end like just fading to black and having no music at all over the credits really yeah. means that you have to take a second and realize what you just saw. Yeah. Uh, also very impressive that the credits are uh, soundless because this is like perhaps, I mean, other than the theme song, which like, boy, just like starting the episode and it cuts into the theme song. And I'm like, do I want to watch Game of Thrones? Again? <laughs> I know <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad that I want to do that. Um, but this song is probably the most, the second most famous song, I think, from other than the one that Ed Sheeran sang, um, yes, is uh, is is the Reigns of Castamere, which I think is a really interesting backstory. Uh, the composer, uh, Ramin Djawadi, Djawadi, um, actually start was told to start writing and composing it. There are lyrics to this song in the books. Yes, um, I but actually to, know the words. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Mm, I might have to close out the episode with your rendition of Rains oh, of no. Um, which is um he he was told to start composing it after season one. And you can see from the beginning of season two, the Reigns of Castamere starts to be used so brilliantly. So in season two, episode one, Tyrion whistles it in as he's walking through, I believe, King's Landing. I could be wrong about that. Uh Braun sings it before the Battle of the Blackwater. Yeah. And it is played in every scene where the Lannisters are up to no good, when they are scheming yes. or plotting or deciding the different versions of it are used. It then will continue to be used as sort of the Lannister um, theme song. I believe Cersei's coronation also uses a, a rendition mm -hmm. of the reigns of Castamere. And it's just brilliant. I know that they have like book material to go off of. And this is like sort of the thing that I think Benioff and Weiss, I give them the most credit for is that like they really well adapted the source material. But the fact that this is in here so early to the point that when we get to the reigns of Castamere playing, it's it the hope is that it's subconscious right catlin yeah. is like cat we if, if in case you're not up to it catlin is like oh my god look she pulls Roose bolton's like uh a sleeve and she sees the the chain uh, mail. The, the chain mail like they give us enough but like also subconsciously and the theme is so haunting but beautiful that like yeah i guess it could be played at a wedding but like it feels pretty ominous uh, to, to the point where like it's just so perfectly done i think in terms of uh, it's some of the best scoring and use of like a song i think in uh, for me like tv history i think it's like brilliant it's brilliant it is a song that is essentially gloating about uh, yeah. uh the lannisters winning a powerful victory right. over someone who now uh and you know the now the reigns we bore his halls and no one there to hear you know it is an epic song in so many different ways and the instrumentalization of it in the show as we just hear those first notes of it and and register Catelyn Stark just being like wait a minute something is wrong here 
Well, I also love the lore that like they can put it where it's like she knows what this like my understanding is that she knows what the song is and knows what it what it means. And she's almost in too much disbelief. to. And there's no Lannisters here. So why? You know, and then it's like it's not until she realizes it's like Roose and Walder who have um, uh, been plotted and perhaps been given a fair amount of gold from Tywin to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing but gold. Yeah. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It really, the the betrayal, I mean, you, j- you talked about the salt and bread, which again, we talked about is like based on a real custom in, in the middle, uh, middle ages and a lot of uh, in the Middle East. Um, but boy, that's so effective because like, I, I what I love too is that um, they talk about in an interview with, with George R. R. Martin about, he's like, it's kind of cruel of you to be like, here's a rule. And uh-huh. it's an important rule. And then immediately be like, and I'm going to break the rule. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, like <laughs> the big betrayal is like, well, you don't bread and salt, you don't, you know, and then he's like, just immediately breaks the rule. And we're like, how dare you? This rule that I just learned about five minutes ago, <laughs> did you, you broke that rule. It's like, it's, he's, the, and he's like, well, it's based on a real thing. And it's like, yeah, yeah but still, it's I care cool. way too much about uh, medieval times, not just dinner and tournament, but just That's like right. medieval times. <laughs> to to not know what that custom was before watching game of thrones so i definitely thought that that meant they were safe but at the same time we've got all of these kind of uh clues that are dropped about never being able to trust walder frey and just how disgusting of a person he is uh bringing out his daughters and granddaughters for rob to see who he could have potentially had (laughs) Uh, he can't even remember all of their names. Yeah, we were talking about this with House of the Dragon that it did feel like one of the things about House of the Dragon was there wasn't much comedy, and this yeah. is a pretty serious episode. <laughs> even not not in Kings, uh, sorry, not in like uh, in in the Riverlands, like it's pretty serious everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, and uh, and so really, the comedy actually comes from the man who, by the end of the episode, we maybe hate the most, yeah. which is when Walder Frey cannot remember his <laughs> his own granddaughter's name. And he's not even close, no. because he's so like Walida, Walinda, Watrita, and she's like, Mary. 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 It's so funny. 
No. If it wasn't so awful, it'd be funny. Yeah. And him talking about, I always know what's going on under a dress. So gross. Just so gross. a gross, gross man. Who I mean, got what was coming to him in the end. When his wife, uh, she has a name, uh, Joyce, I think, J- like J O Y E U S E. Um, when she, he just says, I'll find another. <laughs> just yeah. like you, you disgusting man. You're so cowardly. You're so cowardly. He what doesn't a man. care at all about anyone else but himself. Yeah. Uh, who do we hate the most coming out of this episode? Because I feel like it is the competition between Roos and, and Walder. And Walder. Um, and I think it's probably Walder. Roos is pr- the idea that he marries the um, the Frey girl who is the, um, the, the heaviest the so that heaviest, he can get the heaviest yeah. dowry. Um, yeah, it's not great. Uh, no. He's pretty despicable. But um, And I also hate how like he never really... like. I hate that he never like says anything to like he says Lannister send their regards, but I wish he would like at least Walder's like I'm despicable, you know. He gives yeah. a despicable monologue, and I feel like Roos is such a like snaky little rat here. Oh, he's the worst. It, yeah. Just everything about him is terrible. He is a noted rapist. Like that's yes. how he got his son. That's right. And he's like talking about how normal and fine the betting custom is. Uh just a disgusting person that you happen to get sat next to at a wedding. Yeah. Uh, but you learn how to deal with people like that if you're Catelyn Stark. Uh, but Walter Frey is really just sitting there and like he's slow clapping and sneering throughout this whole thing. Yeah. He's taking joy in all of this pain and misery that is about to get doled out on his grounds. Yeah. And it's really disgusting to watch. Um, I think some other people we could put on the list to vote for like an LVP here is the four men who shoot um, the, uh, the, dog, the gray wind. Yeah. yeah. I think all of those people suck. I think not far by uh, Edmure. Um, yeah. Maybe I'd put on the list as well. Played by <laughs> Tobias Menzies. Uh, who's uh, also gone on to have great, another person who's had a lot of success. Post yeah. He had a lot of success before too. That's true. Um, uh, he's he's like kind of weaselly in this episode as well. I don't think oh, he's not yeah. nearly as bad as like breaking, you know, the hospitality truce or whatever. But like the fact that he's like they're making fun of him. They call uh, literally his uncle and cousin call him a fool. Yeah. Uh, this episode. So, you <laughs> Just know, so excited that he gets a, a young, attractive wife because yeah. he was dreading what a fray woman might look like. Literally knows nothing about her personality, but is like, Doesn't oh, cool. Care. She's hot. Yeah, cool. she's hot. This is great. Great yeah. news. The way he's like loves the betting ceremony even rob I, one of the things i do like about the show is that like nobody's really comes out of the show clean no. clean uh here as like uh rob is like yeah it would seem weird to like do the betting ceremony but like you're from Valanta, so whatever yeah, yeah exactly yeah. it's it's really the show is just so smartly adapted that it's i mean it like the issues that we have with the show don't come from the adaptation it right. comes from when they run out of uh, material to adapt. So all of the adaptation is really well done and the characterization is great. And you do get to see all different sides of these people, even the ones that you root for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can talk a little bit about some of the differences between the reigns of Castamir from the book and the show. Cause I think there's some interesting stuff. Talisa right. is not Talisa from Volantis. She's actually Jane Westerling, which I think might have been, 
a tad more interesting in the fact that she is the um, Westerling of the Crags, which are uh, a minor house sworn to the Lannisters. So mm. like that's really kind of interesting yeah. and it doesn't really matter, I, I guess. And I also don't think um, she's pregnant or that they or potentially they don't kill Jane Westling and she's not pregnant. I think uh, I can't, I, I'll have to like pull this up, um, but I, I don't believe. Yeah. Oh, she's not there. She's at River Run. And so she's not at the the wedding. And I, yeah, so, and I don't think she's pregnant. Okay. So that's a pretty big change. It's a huge change. It's a huge change. A huge change just for them to be able to murder someone in the child. They wanted a pregnant (laughs) lady to be stabbed. um, Yeah, in in the belly. Which, you know, I think it's very (laughs) shocking. So it was, it was really, it just kind of came out of nowhere. And that happened very quickly. It's like yeah. a prison shiving. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. Oh, then maybe that guy is the, is that the worst guy? The guy who stabs yeah. uh, uh Lisa, <laughs> maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see. There's a lot of changes to some of the other stuff that's not happening there. Uh uh Brendan Blackfish is not at the wedding mm. either. Um, as well. He stays at River Run. Um, and it seems like he he thank God for his bladder. Yeah. Yeah, because he goes out to I, find a tree to pee on. I guess I would survive the red wedding. Yeah, because I am constantly <laughs> just going to the bathroom. Um, John Umber, the Umbers do get mentioned this episode, not mm-hmm. by anybody at the wedding, but right. by that is where Rickon um, and Osher are going to go. Yeah, uh, but John Umber. Um, is involved in a drinking contest at the red wedding and has to be subdued by eight men and is held captive uh, <laughs> after the red wedding, which I think is a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, the book also uh, changes Ned and his views on the bedding. Um, okay. Catelyn in the books, which this does feel like sometimes you're like George R. R. Martin, you're like, I know you're trying to be like realistic at the time, but like your yeah, characters are too you, young, you know, what like what you, you know. What I actually love this change that they're like, nah, Ned's too good. That's yeah. too nice. Ned wouldn't let a betting. He wouldn't let the betting happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not. Um, it's it's. <laughs> I do okay. This is an interest. Who who do you think in the books, Latanya? It's not Walder Frey's young new wife that gets killed, but after being taken hostage by Catelyn. Could you do you want to take a I mean, it's not like a kid, but like it, I just don't think this would have worked in the show. She takes um uh one of Walder Frey's grandsons. No, oh, it's one okay. of his grandsons who is uh, employed as Walder Frey's fool. And the character's name is Jingle Bell. I don't <laughs> think this would have. I think this is a good change to yeah. not kill a character called like Jingle Bell. Starks, last moment. <laughs> It's way more badass to kill his his wife, his young, yeah. to then to kill Jingle Bell, who is his grandson, but also is named Jingle Bell. And I, I am know. not, I am not making, it up. not making it up. No, <sighs> no. Um, she also um, uh, gouges her face with nails when she's okay. driven because she's driven mad when Rob dies. She like basically kills herself before she's killed. Um, so. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about like a big change from the book moving forward? Is is Catelyn Stark uh, yeah. is uh, lady becomes Lady Stoneheart is essentially revived from the dead. Yeah, 
um, and becomes a pretty major point of of the books moving forward there's a lot of like chapters about lady stoneheart who like has the like slit throat uh thing her like eyes are all right yeah she i i want to say that she is raised from the dead um by uh, there's a there's a group in the sh- and i can't remember but alas uh doesn't matter but uh oh by beric Dondar- by beric Dondarian. okay um uh the brotherhood without banners raises her from the dead yeah, I know people were like waiting for it every every season. I think at the end they were like, maybe there'll be one more scene with Lady Stoneheart, but they really do, they choose not to go there. Which I think, on one hand, I I don't mind the like all the supernaturally like evil stuff comes from basically uh, beyond the wall, yeah. like the the White Walkers, and then or kind of the yeah, and the mountain. Priestess. And the Red Priestess, yeah. And, like, the mountain kind of gets revived. And, like, but, but God, Lady Stoneheart, it's so cool. It's so cool. As a horror fan, I would have loved a Lady Stoneheart uh, in in my show. I will say that I thought it was really funny when they get to the, uh, I don't know what episode this is, but when they get to the point where Lady Stoneheart's character would have been introduced, they just have, I think, the Hound, like, pee in the river where right. where right. she would have come from right uh right. so i that kind of put that to, to bed in terms yeah. of whether or not there would be a lady stoneheart but i i know that that would have been a lot of magic but yeah. i that would have been really freaking cool yeah i think beric dondarian i feel like he he gives himself up to revive lady stoneheart so mm. yeah anyway um before we like wrap up with uh, the red wedding, is there anything like non red wedding that you like? We basically have John kills uh, Oral, and Tim and Egrad are gonna like go on the run and go back. They like finally turn against the wild, their wildling. Like he's joined them, but he turns against them, which is pretty big. Samwell, Sam, and Gilly see the wall. It's a pretty exci- pretty Gilly. exciting moment. Gilly, uh, we have uh, the first time that that uh, Bran wargs into Hodor. Yeah, pretty big moment as well. That was a huge moment. He wasn't even intending to do it. No, and then he wargs into the dire wolf. Yeah, and he's like, "It was so easy, Jojo." Jojo's like, "I have been telling you." <laughs> I know. <laughs> poor uh, Jojo and Reed. Yeah, poor, uh, poor, poor Rickon. He's gonna get like separated eventually, I know. Like, taken by Reek and and killed. And then puberty Superman. happens, and then he gets yeah. murdered. You gotta get murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh shit! I feel like underrated Game of Thrones character. I agree. I love Natalia Tenna yeah. in uh, like everything that she does. She just those like huge eyes are so like almost like warm and like open uh, and really draws you into her performance. And she really does not have to do a single thing to protect these boys. Yeah. But the only reason that they live as long as they do is because of Osha. Yeah. And then she ends up, you know, what's the fate that she gets? It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh Danny's in Yunkai and we get fake Dario Naharas who's, who's who's not that hot, but Danny loves him. <laughs> and so Ed like, Screen oh. is actually like a little more I think he's more attractive without the wig. Fair if, enough. If you I mean, see him in like normal clothing without the wig, you'd be like, okay. I'm pretty sure book Dario also has like weird colored hair and all of this stuff. Really? That, like, I just think like, yeah, they were like, they were like, I guess we got to do and like, nah, fine. We'll just get like, you know, what's his name to come in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, yeah. Uh, but she takes over, uh, she takes over Yunkai. 
She does. Uh, continuing to take over places where there are slaves and yeah. uh, white savioring away, uh, yeah. Danny. I, yeah. I just, it's so hard. Like, part of me was just like, oh, do I, am I going to watch the next episode of this show? Or am I going to start over from the beginning and just I know. start watching it? Josh, Josh did say that he halfway hoped that this podcast would lead to us, the two of us doing a game of thrones rewatch podcast i mean i was so close to being like i was just gonna put on episode one i think i'm just gonna throw it on i'm gonna do it i know yeah i know i was like this this game of thrones and it was good it was so good it was yes. so good it's so good it uh, is so good this i mean really it's really understated how much i effing loved game of thrones and like yeah. i do i'd really like my friends i'll give them a shout out uh andrew pat and dylan who were like talking about game of thrones like that seems cool i mean i'll go yeah whatever i'll go watch it watch the first episode watch nine more episodes i'm like oh my god that's dark and really like my fascination i like but i have all of the like coffee table books i play uh crusader kings one of my favorite games there's a game of thrones mod oh, wow. you can like play um you can either start at the beginning of robert's rebellion or you can play as like robert having won the rebellion oh, you wow, can play, i didn't know that yeah and you can play as literally anybody like you can play as like a uh, little finger like anybody who's like a lord right you can play um and think it's really fun it's really good uh we played the game of thrones board game a ton we played it on rhap game night one time so like this show was like so much of my life for so long and i just hate that it ended so poorly i know <sighs> yeah have you have you seen i i want to i'll try to pull it up as i'm talking um there's a group who decided to basically audiobook style redo as if the show got two full last seasons no. um uh yeah i want to find the name it's a there's a tiktoker who is an awesome game of thrones person like has just read all the books a bunch of times and like will mm -hmm. often like when house of the dragon was happening would like often like fact check and do all this like or like explain not fact but like explain the differences mm -hmm. and um and she participated and i can't remember who she was the voice actor for i will try and find it and uh and either put it in the show notes or uh tweet it out when the episode comes out but um yeah i have not checked it out but they basically rewrote the last two seasons of the show and i i think it's either free or like a patreon program they probably can't like release it because they'd have to yeah, get like copyright. the rights from george r martin but yeah that's anyway. really cool i mean i there are so many things to be said about how the show ends, but one of the worst things um, is that the show got condensed because, the, you know, Dan and Dave were going to go make a Star Wars that right. never happened. Right, right. Um, so this is a Game of Thrones season eight redux. So it's just season eight. I apologize, but you can find it on uh, on YouTube. On I YouTube? will put it in the show notes. I think it's very cool. It's all voice acted, and uh, yeah, they redo the last season. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, what a moment! The red wedding, and I I do feel like it's probably the high the high watermark of of maybe not like again. I don't think it's like maybe the best thing. I like I think there might be more compelling and like better written like see but like there is nothing more game of thrones than i think the red yeah. wedding in terms of um uh it being a cultural talking point at mm -hmm. the time uh which game of thrones certainly was right up until the end of the show um it being exactly what the show is which is like a gruesome sort of like trying to be at least this like you know death can happen to anybody and it will right. happen and it's it's real and we're gonna like just move on like the, again the aria stuff where she's so close with the hound i also love aria being like 
boy, one day I'm really going to stick a, a, a sword in your eye <laughs> yeah. and put it through the back of your head. Just like never not uh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Always Arya. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, I just I just don't think there's like a more Game of Thrones moment than the Red Wedding. It's like it's it's I think the best Game of Thrones moment. It's so iconic and unexpected for people yeah. who I, I imagine if you read the books, you know, you were like threw your book down when this happened, you oh. know. I, like even when I reread, it's like it's incredibly sad to read because it's like, yeah, you're not gonna, you don't get these people again. Like even when yeah. you know it's like I read it knowing it was happening, but yeah, it's it's really brutal. I think the um, David David Nutter, I think, is the director of the episode, talked about reading it and like just not being able to turn the page because he knew it was coming. Oh. Like it's just brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do still enjoy watching videos of people reacting to things from Game of Thrones, and the Red Wedding is is right up there in terms of reactions. So, I would love I, to hear people's thoughts. I, yeah. I, you know, in terms of if you have a different thought, because I think there are there is like I think Brand being pushed out the wall. I think is uh, I don't think that's the bit, but like I think you can make a case. I think Ned's death, you can make the case. Um, there was one more. I was uh, Danny, Danny, uh, and the dragons being the dragon. I, I I would also uh, put in there uh, when Danny goes to um, get the Unsullied. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know a dragon is not a slave. Uh, like fire roasts that one guy who who's talking shit about her the whole time. Yeah, Tyrion killing Tywin. I think also like the uh, Oberyn head smush is. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Another one for me. That was because that is season. four four right that's season four i I believe so yeah because uh yeah because the beginning of season four is lady elena poisoning joffrey and then Mm timing gets a tearing gets arrested for it yeah so that moment was probably my like joffrey dying i actually think oberon head being smushed to me was a much bigger shocker when as i was watching live than i think joffrey yeah. Dying was because at least Joffrey was like, you're pretty happy. And Oberyn dying was like, <laughs> so sad. I know, so sad. Yeah. Cersei uh, blowing up the entirety of the Sept. Yeah. Like yeah. that was a wild moment that happened. Yeah. And but I, I think for the sake of it, about it. I, and I think, you know, again, talking about like the Ned Stark thing, it's just, it's early in the show. And I do feel like that was one that like, I don't, I, I don't, I could, I'd have to look at the ratings, but it does not feel like people were watching it in the same way that, like, by season three, people were watching this show. And it, it was a cultural thing that people were doing. Cause I think season one is in the summer, I think, as well. I could be wrong about that as well. So there's just something about the Red Wedding that is, like, so iconic. And I think arguably one of the best TV moments ever. And for me, the best Game of Thrones moment, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, is there anything else, LT? Did we miss anything? um i i don't know if there's much more i i just it's just phenomenal that we get to talk about this i can't believe it's the 10 year mark yeah already yeah that's that, wild. that's wild uh and to put something as iconic as the red wedding in such a mundane episode of television is just you know it's king shit you know it's just the pinnacle of what we look to HBO for in our Sunday night TV. And I hope that we get many more moments like that of the Red Wedding, though it's almost impossible to duplicate that kind of thing. 
Well, we got our episode nine moment for House of the Dragon. If you haven't watched House of the Dragon, uh, oh, I'm we just did. I'm no, just we. I mean, we there was an episode nine moment, but it wasn't like. Yeah, it was like what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Why are you trying to do this? Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually feel like they were like, we'll just put an episode ten. So anyway, I feel like I don't want to spoil House of the Dragon just in case. Yeah. If you like, we're not. If you were burned by the end of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And we're like, I didn't do it. I actually think it's worth doing. So if you're it's listening worth doing. to this. It is worth doing. It's worth yeah. doing. And they're actually filming. Uh, that's like one of the few things that's filming right now. I don't know. I, that feels bad to me. That they're no, I, I'm just yeah. saying that, you know, if you're if you haven't seen it, you're going to get episodes of House of the Dragon a lot quicker than you're going to get any of your other beloved shows. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but also, I remember all the movies that like went through during the last writer strike, and like they're really bad. So. Oh no, I'm not looking forward to it. Being, yeah. it, I mean, just because they finished the scripts doesn't mean those scripts are perfect. I heard a thing they're filming Deadpool, and um, uh, what's his face is not allowed to uh, ad lib uh, on set because <laughs> that's, that's writing. That's writing. Yeah, so he's not allowed. I don't, with, I don't uh, understand why they're filming. Just, just stop. Just stop. Need, just stop. Everyone needs to stop. Or, or you could pay you could your pay writers. the writers. You could pay your writers. That's yeah. something that yeah. you know. You could pay them yeah. the point eight three percent of well, your billions of dollars. Well. If there's a writer's strike, I feel like that's uh, plenty of opportunity to uh, keep looking for anniversary dates uh, <laughs> as we finish recording a 10-year anniversary of the Reigns of Castamere. I'd be very yeah. excited to go back into the vault. And this was very fun, Lachana. I'm glad that you yeah. uh, you suggested that. Yeah, it was very fun. I'm happy that we got to do this together. We haven't Sorry. podcast together in a bit. And, yeah. uh, you know, let us know if you would be interested in a rewatch podcast. Oh my gosh. Game I don't know. Thrones. No promises. No promises. <laughs> None. Um, LT, what else do you got going on and where can people find you? Well, speaking of Game of Thrones, Josh and I uh, really can't give up on on our search for content. Uh, yeah. And so yeah. we're doing a special uh, series of verses mm. uh, where we're putting the succession finale up against other big finales from uh, television history, specifically HBO shows. So we're doing the finale of Succession versus the finale of Game of Thrones. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to rewatch that episode again after I basically, I mean, I couldn't throw it because it was digital and on my television, yeah. but yeah. I felt like I, I threw it in the trash the second. What if you rewatch it and you're like, actually, it's fun. Good. I know that's Definitely. what we're wondering is going to happen. So we'll we'll find out very soon because we're recording that on Monday. Um, I actually feel like my complaints of like the end of Game of Thrones is much more that like a lot of stuff, not everything, but a lot of it made sense, but it was too rushed because they like shortened exactly. the season. So it's it was like, just too rushed. Yeah, the stuff actually like is what I think should have happened. Right. Just we got there too quickly. So. Yeah, it was really rushed. Uh, so we'll be talking all about that. Um, uh, we speaking of things that are ending or have ended, um, you can check out the final episode of uh, our podcast about Barry, mm. uh, because that show is now also gone. Um, I feel like so many things are ending that I don't even know what to do with myself. They are, it was a big week for, for the maybe Ted Lasso, Barry, Succession, yeah, yeah, huge week. Mrs. Maisel, I think, is ending soon, Mrs. Maisel, yeah. Um, mm. so, uh Mike Bloom and I have a great discussion about the final episode of Barry. Um, Sarah Carradine, who I love and I'm happy that I got to podcast with, even if it was about a dog of a show, Love and Death. 
uh, was not yes. very good. Mm. Um, but we talked all about it uh, and its final episode uh, and had some fun doing that. And then I'm over at RHAP uh, with Haley and Kurt talking about Top Chef Season mm. 20, International All-Stars, which is also about to come to a close as they head to Paris and do some cooking. Um, and the next episode is going to feature... Um, a uh, noted gymnast, Suni Lee. So like all of my oh. passions are converging at once and I'm very excited about it. We won't name names and won't spoil it, but that's one, that, that, that show is one person's to lose, right? Uh, top yes. Show? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. I'll be surprised if that person loses the show. Yeah. Um, all right. I am uh, talking about, well, did my succession uh, recap with Justin Josh and then the deep dive no, actually wasn't with, it was just with Jess and Mike Bloom. And then uh, Josh joined Amanda and I for the deep dive this week for the series finale. Um, also did a Yellow Jackets finale pod. And Errol and I are going to dive into the idol, uh, LT. Uh, yeah. I'm not done with HBO. So, uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll see. We're going to be very realistic about the show. You do not have I to watch so. the show. And actually, we might encourage you not to watch the show after watching. I'm, I'm going to watch it just so I can like come on the podcast at okay. some point. Great. Love it. Um, also uh, covering movies each week across the Spider-Verse comes out this week. So we're going to be covering that. And Ariel, Rich and I are doing a dark rewatch podcast, which has been very fun. I'm on Twitter at hi from grace. Uh, I guess until next time, the Lannister send the regards. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.